Hi there, and welcome to Behind the Desk with Charlton. Um, in this episode, we'll be looking at John 3 verse 16. And the question asked um, as a result or taken out of this particular pericope is um, how can we love someone whom we have not met? And also, I've entitled this um, episode A God of Action. Now this particular pericope, um, it basically sets the standard of how one or what it requires of one to, to, what is required of one to enter the kingdom of God. Now, one should understand that in a kingdom, any kingdom, one should remember that there is a king that should rule over this particular kingdom. And there's this misconception or this manipulative idea that Westerners or the colonizers implanted into the nations whom they've presented to um, Christianity. For example, the colonizers of England that had brought Christianity or, or the Dutch that had brought Christianity to South Africa. The idea that or the misconception that they have brought or basically this is my theory or um, my opinion is that um, there should be a ruler and this ruler should be served and law should be law um, but there is no love established in this particular um, example but then if we read the, the narrative of Christ Christ's story we find that this particular ruler or this king he came to serve and not only did he serve but he set an example of how one should actually live but ultimately he portrayed the true example of what it is to be um, to love and to be loved now this is something that the westerners or the colonizers uh, let me use the colonizers rather what they have um, the manipulative idea they have presented because they had slaves yet they were Christian and did they love their slaves no they abused their slaves and so forth etc etc the same example goes to the, the Americans and um, throughout history slave masters and how they treat their slaves they establishing themselves as a ruler or, or the person in charge put uh, in that of their particular land that they have conquered but now here Jesus comes as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Instead of making humanity his, his slaves, um, instead of making humanity um, bow down or do particular things, Jesus goes a step further and he decides to die. Now the question I have brought out is how can one love someone whom they have not met? Because when we Okay, this pericope is basically the new birth. It's basically baptism. Now, how can I give my life to someone whom I have not met? How can I give my life to someone whom, whom yeah, I have not met physically? I just heard about this particular person. Um, that's the question that is raised. But then now, let's, let's look um, a bit deeper and go to John 3 verse 1 where it says, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus at night and said to him, 
Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher for no one can do these signs that you have uh, that you do unless God is with him. And verse 3, Jesus responded and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So basically here we presented to Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is um, basically asking Jesus, um, he comes to Jesus and he and he states that Jesus must have come from God because of the signs and wonders that he's performed. So surely he is from heaven or, or from God or handpicked by God. And also what's also important to note is that Nicodemus is described as a ruler of the Jews, which places him in a position of superiority. So or a position of power for example um, the elder of a church um, the, the elder is an equal but is also basically the leader of the church or well let me put it this way he is the overseer of the church the church um, all agrees to, to make certain decisions together but the elder makes sure make sure that these decisions um, are made in a harmonious process or so forth or that that won't cause conflict etc that's basically what um, the responsibility of the elder and the elder of course should have a knowledge of the doctrine of the, of the church of scripture and he should at least have knowledge of those things you know um, because he is a baptized member and he, he was obviously taught the fundamental belief so he is a teacher or someone in a, an important position of the church but also note that he is also supposed to be an equal amongst these other uh, men and women of the church so Jesus responds to, to Nicodemus and says to him truly truly I say to you unless someone is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God what does it mean to be born again to be baptized um, basically the, the, that is the rebirth um, you enter in the water and you coming out now Nicodemus said to him, how can a person be born when he is old? Um, he cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? Now this question Nicodemus raises, um, if I go to an elder and I ask him a question, um, a simple question, what took place at the creation account, um, and he can't answer me then why is this particular man in that position be, or woman why is this man or woman in this particular position because they can't answer a simple question like that um, they're supposed to know the answer because it's a given if they have studied scripture they're supposed to know it now Nicodemus is a leader of the Jews which means he was placed there and because he was placed there he is supposed to have an idea of the doctrine of the Jewish people um, and their beliefs and he's supposed to have an idea and also he is also supposed to anticipate that the Messiah will come so but Nicodemus asked this I won't necessarily use the term stupid but I'll use the term um, um, I, I can't really think of the term but um, he asked this this question how can a person be born when he is old he cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born can he um, but this this question is he's basically asking can a man 
a grown man um, after he's, he was already born when he was a child he was in his mother's womb but now can a man a grown man enter his mother's womb again and be born again the natural way um, naturally that is impossible and it's unrealistic so Nicodemus is asking this question um, the term I'm looking for is out of context so he's asking this question out of context and also um, he is asking a very silly question so Jesus responds to him truly truly I say to you in verse 5 and he says truly truly I say to you unless someone is born of water and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God um, that which has been born of the flesh is flesh and that which has been born of the spirit is spirit do not be amazed that I say to you you must be born again the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but you do not know where it is coming from and where it is going so is everyone who has been born of the spirit so is everyone who has been born of the spirit so here jesus is telling him no i don't mean that you should literally enter your mother's womb but what i mean is you will have to be born again so now we're going back to the beginning where adam and eve sinned for the first time um, they did not know what is the difference between right and wrong until the eight of the tree uh, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and this is where sin took place adam was supposed to set the standard for humanity so jesus who is referred to the as the second adam is referred to as the second adam because he comes and he basically sets the standard for humanity and does what adam was supposed to do which is love um, the right way and set the example for the, the rest of humanity that will come and um, this is where, 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 where it means that you have to be born again because humanity that's why Jesus was also baptized because as humans we automatically fall or we are automatically born into a sinful world so as humans we are already born the minute we are born we are declared unworthy because our ancestor has sinned and he has been punished already so the punishment falls on us um, in advance so the minute we are born we are born into a sinful world as unworthy undeserving human beings hence now this is where that this is the the factor that's very important hence baptism is necessary because this then becomes the second um, birth this is where you are reborn into the spirit which means you are born into the world unworthy but then you have made the decision to follow Jesus that's why you are born again which means the spirit has moved into your life that's why baptism is something that should never be forced upon someone but it is a decision that one should make and that is why where the difference comes um, I'm born into the world unworthy and undeserving but now I make a decision to follow Jesus which means I am born now again of the spirit this time and not the natural birth but the spiritual birth is taking place and this means a transformation has taken place in the heart so this immediately points me to the criminal on the cross this man he had never met Jesus which brings us to the question how can I love someone whom I have not met this criminal just heard about Jesus and his wonders but he has never physically met Jesus or, or been in contact with him until the day of his um, 
persecution or crucifixion. And this criminal says, remember when you enter the gates. And the other criminal, obviously, he didn't want, he didn't basically care. But this particular one, he says, remember when, remember me when you um, enter heaven. Now, why does this, this criminal say this? Because a transformation is taking place in his heart. The same transformation that should be taking place, that should take place um, in that candidate or that person that is now, uh, or this person that has now sp been spiritually transformed. So the spirit, spirit has moved in this man's life and he has made the decision that this is the only way I can be saved from my sinful ways. And now I know surely that if I am saved this way, I'm prepared to die because I have already been forgiven. By who? By the true King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So surely this man knows that there is something special about this man named Jesus. That's why my life can be turned around and then in verse 9 john 3 verse 9 nicodemus responded and said to him how can these things be and jesus said to him you are the teacher of israel and yet you do not understand these things and then um jesus says to him again truly truly in verse 11 truly truly i say to you we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen and you people do not accept our testimony if i told you earthly things and you do not believe it how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who has descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And then here's verse 14. Um, this verse is very important. And it says, And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes will have eternal life. Now this, this, this verse, according to commentaries and uh, according to research, verse 14 is basically a verse that is closely connected um, to the con conjunction um, and with that has gone before. Jesus has told that in himself heaven and earth meet, so that while the subject to the conditions of human life, he, the Son of Man, the representative of humanity, is in heaven. He goes on to show that uh, what is true of the representative is through him, true of the whole race. So Nicodemus, he refers, his mistake to, um, was referring to Jesus as only a teacher. Whereas Jesus directly comes from heaven. He is the king of kings, which is beyond just being a teacher. Now there's three, there's three um, um, positions or three... Um, or basically three um, they call it three um, offices or let me put it that way offices that Jesus is always associated with or mostly associated with and those three of offices are a prophet a priest and a king now the, 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 the last of those three offices is the most important because as previously mentioned a, a king or a kingdom always has a king and this person is the ruler or overseer and in some instances you have a a queen but now um, Jesus is basically telling Nicodemus here that in faith Moses lifted up the staff and 
the, he was, this stuff was able to turn into a snake because Moses lifted it up in faith and he believed now in the in the king of kings now so too must the son of man be lifted up which is if you truly believe then you are able to um, spread the news wholeheartedly because you believe that there is a savior but then the question always rises how can i truly believe if i have not met this man now what is in conjunction with the with the criminal on the cross um he has not met jesus but he is able to tell jesus remember me when you enter the gates now i i i've never met my my grandfather or or some relatives there's some relatives i've never met because they passed on before i was born but their memories or their legacies that live through my parents or my uncles and so forth the stories told by them puts me in a place automatically to love the memory of them and the legacy they left behind and certain attributes or certain things i do reminds my parents or, or my uncles or whoever of the deceased or, or the person that is late and this connection established between myself and that of the deceased whom i love um, because of this connection love is established although we have not met i am still able to say i love you because there is always that connection through memory through evidence and also a gratefulness of raising my parents or whoever in that particular way so that i can have that moment with him now here jesus now comes and we have not met him we have not see physically seen him but the memory so the criminal on the cross what what jesus stands for is what stood out for the criminal on the cross the criminal on the cross knows that this man is being persecuted here today because he is a threat and not only that but he he is actually who he says he is that's why he's um, being crucified right next to me so here here is where one should understand that it is possible to love someone whom we have not met it happens with celebrities certain celebrities you love because um but you have not physically met them but you love them because of the legacy and the memories they create so that you can relive those memories and the legacy but what stands out mostly about jesus that enables humanity to love him more is the fact that he came as a god who transformed into a human with um, the incarnation but also he was born into sin unworthy but he didn't come to rule over the people but he came to serve the people and set an example so that they too might be saved that's why in verse 16 we come to the climax it says for god so loved the world that he gave his only son so that to everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life but notice how this particular verse what it says this is where action where, where the title comes from a god of action for god so loved the world it's not limited to a particular race or a race 
deemed as superior as the next. It's not limited to a particular gender or a particular religion, but this is where the inclusive kingdom of God is elucidated or emphasized or made clear. It says that for God so loved the entire world, meaning every every single um, one of of humanity is loved by God, and He loves humanity enough by sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross of Calvary, so that the world can have an opportunity to be saved. But the only condition, the only fair condition, would be to declare that He is the Lord to fully believe and wholeheartedly believe in him but how can we do this if we have not met him but all um, the only way we can do this is by knowing that we are loved we are able to love because he loved us first and because of what Jesus stood for and because of what history writes about Jesus we are able to love Jesus and then that is where we are able to make the decision that I will serve Jesus because I love him. Not because I have been placed in a position where I am forced to, but because I have been placed in a position out of love. Because I love him, I will serve him. And remember that, always remember, that when this takes place, we are then able to refrain from condemning others because verse 17 says for god did not send the son into the world to judge the world but so that the world might be saved through him so jesus's mission when he came or roamed amongst men on earth was not to judge or throw stones like the pharisees and the scribes did or or to to force people that you you must go to church on this particular day and you must do this and you must do that no instead jesus came to set the standard and example to show man how to live so that they too might mimic the way he lived and also so that they can be a part of his kingdom by believing in him and making the decision for him out of love but not uh, not because they feel obliged to but because they feel the need to because they love someone if you love someone enough you will vow to be with them. That's why we get married. We create an open covenant um, on our wedding days. When we get married, we make a covenant that I will love this person through sickness and in health. Um, with Jesus, the same thing is established. When we get baptized or when we make the decision to follow Jesus and believe fully in Him, we are opening a, a covenant. And that is the only simple condition. Verse 70 says, For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. The one who believes in him is not judged. The one who does not believe has been judged already, because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. And verse 19, And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, so that his deeds will not be ex exposed. But the one who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds will be revealed as having been performed in God. And just back to verse 14 where, 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 where we talk about the serpent. Um, 
it it's according to commentaries it's the second of the instances in the gospel in which our lord lays his hand upon an institution or incident of the old testament as shadowing forth some aspect of whose work his work in the first of these instances un under the image of the ladder that Jacob saw our Lord presented himself as the sole medium of communica communication between heaven and earth. Here he goes a step further into the heart of his work and under the image very eloquent to the Pharisee to whom he was speaking of the brazen serpent lifted up on the pole in the desert proclaims himself as the medium of, the heal of healing and of life to a poisoned world. And um, now Nicodemus has a great many followers today. He took up a position which many take up. He recognized Christ as a teacher and was willing to accord to the almost unknown young man from Galilee the coveted title of rabbi. Um, this is according to the McLaren's expositions. It's a commentary on 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 this particular. Um, pericope that we are looking at but um, in a nutshell what was what one should take out from this um, this this episode is that we are able to love Jesus because he loved us first although we have not physically met him although we have not physically seen him we are able to love him because of the legacy he left behind because of the memories he left behind and because of the person who he stood up to be but most importantly we are able to love him because he came to serve and we are able to serve him and also he showed us what is love by loving us enough to die for us i don't think there is a record of a king who was ready to die for his people i don't think so um God is the creator of all of humanity. He could have destroyed humanity, but instead he wishes to save humanity. And how does he do this? By serving humanity, by showing humanity the standard of how to live through Christ. And I find that beautiful and I find that as the true expression of what love is. And um, that is a God of action, a God who shows his love. God, um, as you read scripture, God barely says, or Jesus barely says, I love you, my children, or humanity. Um, I haven't done research on that, but since I read the Bible from time to time, I haven't seen a, a lot of verses where Jesus actually says, I love you. But instead, he demonstrates his love. It's one thing to tell someone you love them, and it's another thing to actually so, show someone you love them. So, um, I hope that your decisions... Um, that you make if you choose to follow Christ that the decisions you make will be in tune with your love for him that your love your, let your decision um, decisions and the way you love be a reflection of your love for Christ um, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of behind the desk and I hope that your life will be touched also and remember that God loves you um, and that should be the basis of our theology and the basis of how we reach others by remembering or teaching and practicing the love of God so that others may be attracted to this love um, so that 
not only your particular church could be saved or your particular race could be saved or your particular gender could be saved but so that the world can be saved um, and may God bless you and always remember refrain from judging because our mission is to point others to an inclusive kingdom of God inclusive means it is for all it's not limited to or anything like that may God bless you and in closing um, I'll just have a word of prayer father thank you for your son and the gift of life but most importantly thank you for the gift of love thank you for establishing love with us um, and thank you for demonstrating your love and because of your demonstration and your example we are able to love others I pray that this will be our mission that we will love just as you loved and I pray that we will be a reflection of your love with others I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, may God bless you and um, please follow our page on, on YouTube. Like and su subscribe. And also follow our page on Instagram, Behind the Desk. I think it's Behind the Desk 46. And um, yeah, um, leave any suggestions or comments. on. And um, if you like this episode, please say so. And if you found fault with it as well, please say so as well. And if you have any questions, feel free to ask as well. And may God bless you. Take care.